0: Welcome to BPB Knows. Today, BPB knows due diligence for mergers and acquisitions. Our expert is Hector Aguilia, a director in our assurance and advisory services group and a leader in our transactions practice. So Hector, tell us who do you often do due diligence for?
1: We do transaction advisory services for many different types of industries and, and entrepreneurs and anybody really that just wants to either buy or sell their business. Um, really needs these services.
0: So what's the first thing you do when a client or a, a new client comes to us and says, I'm thinking about buying a company?
1: The first thing I always say is, I wish you would have told me this before, um, the, because the sooner the better, right? It, it can be soon enough. There's a lot of planning that goes into these types of, of transactions. Uh, again, the sooner the better. So uh, as soon as an entrepreneur you know, gets the idea, uh, that he or she may want to buy or sell in the future, uh, they really should come to, uh, to, to the professionals, to the right professionals, right? Their CPAs, their attorneys, their investment bankers. There's a lot of professionals and each, each professional has a, a crucial role to play. And there's a lot of planning that goes into effect. Uh, for our purposes, it's all about financial statements, right? How, how are the financial statements? How are your internal controls? Can we produce uh, the financial statements that are going to be crucial to the buyer or the seller, understanding the business, and usually the transaction is based on those financial statements. Uh, the earlier you start with that process, the better we can advise on the steps that need to be taken for those financial statements to be in order and for them to be um, portray the business in the best light possible.
0: Is the process of due diligence different if you are a buyer or you're selling?
1: It's there's a yeah, there's different approaches. Uh, very similar, but each has some, um, you know, minor differences. Uh, if you're a buyer, um, there's obviously, there's a, a big unknown, right? What, what is it that you're buying? What is it that the information that you're given, that you're being given by the seller, what is it missing or what it could be potentially be missing? And, and it's not that the seller may want to mislead, the seller may just not know. Right, they may not realize that they have these liabilities out there. They may not realize that they haven't been filing in the right states. You know, that it's filing taxes in the right states, things like that. They may not even know. Sometimes, once in a blue moon, they are trying to be mislead, and they do know that the skeleton, their skeleton, in, in the closet, but they want to hide them. Uh, either way, the buyer really, there's a lot of unknowns there that need to be. Those, those things need to be, you know, identified. For the seller. You know, you're, uh, it's a little easier, right? Because you know all the skeleton's in your closet and it's just a matter of portraying them in the best light possible or adjusting for them. Sometimes it's just a matter of adjusting, like, you know, liabilities, for example. You may have some liabilities you weren't, assur- uh, you know, you weren't aware of, but it's no big deal. You, just, you book them and then everybody knows and then you move forward.
0: You ever help companies that are thinking about selling in the future and they're not sure that they're presenting their financials in the best light? So they may not have a potential buyer, but they just want to start the process really early.
1: Those are the good clients, right? The ones that come with you with plenty of time, and you do have uh, there, there's there's a lot of opportunities to help them because sometimes the financial statements are in good shape, sometimes they're not. Either way, um, we adjust them, right? And 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 it's uh, it's sometimes it's eye opening, right? Uh, an entrepreneur may think that they have a value, but once you get through the books and records and you put them in order. That value may be multiplied by a multiple, or sometimes it even decreases. But usually, usually it goes the other way. Usually, they have a, more, a lot more value than they think, uh, and it's all a matter of you know applying generally accepted accounting principles correctly. Revenue recognition is crucial. Um, sometimes, you know, they think that they're that they're earning revenue at a point in time when it's really over time, or vice versa. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at a business, and to adjust it properly per accounting principles. I generally accept the current principles that really gives you the 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 right uh, operations and the right results and the right net income and the right EBITDA that uh, a, a knowledgeable buyer or a knowledgeable seller will be able to to use in in negotiating.
0: Do you have to Do you have to sometimes have candid conversations with business owners? Because is it hard for them to separate the emotional part of moving to this next phase from the just the numbers and the the facts.
1: Yeah, and and you know you can you can think of it as a car, right? You you've had this car for for twenty years and it's your baby and you've loved it, um and and you have a lot of sentimental value to it. You know, it was a car maybe you took to the prom or something. You know, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a 1969 Mustang and then you're like this is beautiful. This is worth a million bucks. Well, the buyer may look at it and go, wait a minute, you know, like I gotta redo the body and I gotta do this and I gotta do that. You know, I I can, I can only buy this for fifty thousand. So, yeah, they, sometimes that happens. There's, you know, these are people's babies. These are people's, you know, livelihood. And then they're very attached to it. And yeah, sometimes it happens. And sometimes, hey, they, they get surprised. And it's like, you know what? They they, they, thought it, they they thought they had a Chevy, but they really have, you know, like a Mercedes. You know, like you, you, you never know. You got to go know, through bet, the process.
0: I bet that's a fun conversation to have. How long does the process usually take?
1: You know that's that's a very uh, interesting question and it's very unique right each each engagement is different. Um, again, it depends on uh, the 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 internal controls. it depends on the the financial statements that they have. you know do they have a good uh, accounting group uh, that's been diligent and, and booking the right things? Um, sometimes if everything's in order, you know from from a buy perspective is usually a little quicker. you know you can you can get due diligence done in, in, in a month or two. Uh, from a seller's perspective, sometimes a little bit more planning involved, a little bit longer process. Especially if, like I said, the controls are not in place, and you got to help them put the controls in place. If the financial statements are not in order, to put those financial statements in order, that could that could take you know a very long time or a short time. It it varies a lot.
0: So customized, I guess, for each one. You mentioned at the beginning of our talk that um, there's a lot of professionals that are involved when somebody buys or sells. How do you work with attorneys and other professionals that the the entrepreneur
1: may have yeah you know sometimes entrepreneurs already have let's say an investment banker or an attorney uh, both uh but but they're missing the CPA uh, you know their CPA maybe is just uh, you know a local guy that just really uh, or a local person that just you know usually just works on taxes for example um sometimes they have everybody in place uh, sometimes there are clients, and they don't really have the, the the attorneys that they have don't really do M A. So we we work with a lot of attorneys. We work with a lot of investment bankers. Uh, so we can always you know we can help identify somebody that we've worked with before that we have a good relationship with, or we can work really with anybody they already have. At the end, it, it all works out the same. But you know we we do have a good set of professionals that we work with, and you know we've done it so often and so and so many times that it's it works it runs a little bit more smooth. The process when 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 everybody has already worked together and they know each other.
0: The firm members who work on these kind of engagements are they mostly in the audit department? Do they have like these specialized audit skills that they know what to look for?
1: It's uh it's really a, a joint effort among all of our departments in the firm. Uh, they all play a role. You know sometimes it's a little bit uh, audit centric. We we you know a lot of the audit team members are are the ones working on the engagement. It really depends on, is it an asset purchase? Is it an equity purchase? You know, if you're buying the company, then you're buying the baggage. So then that's when you really get into more into tax due diligence and you bring in the tax people to help you. You know, if if they have interstate commerce and you got to bring the salt people, is this, you know, the state on tax, uh, the state on local tax experts. Uh, So it really depends on the deal. Sometimes I've I've had deals where the audit department, we have a transaction advisory services department that that's 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 all we do, right? We work on these types of deals. So the task people, the audit people, the tax people, uh, you know, our wealth planners sometimes get involved. Sometimes it's a joint effort, and sometimes it's just the audit department or just the task department TAS, TAS, transaction advisory services, or the tax departments. Um, it, it's really depends. You know, there's different types of due diligence. Sometimes you do a quality of earnings. Sometimes it's just, hey, I really just want a cash proof. Uh, or really, I just want to know about the tax implications. So it, it kind of depends on, on the type of due diligence that you're doing and, and on the deal.
0: And I guess that's one of the things that makes us so good at doing it is because we have a wide range of experts who can be pulled in whenever you need them on any of these engagements. Well, thank you so much for being part of our show today and explaining the um, due diligence services that we offer here in our firm. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. As always, if you have questions or topics that you'd like us to cover in the future, you can contact us at bpbknows at bpbcpa.com. We will see
1: you next time.